Welcome to the podcast, Behind the Movement. I am Kyle Fincham. Uh, it's really nice to uh, have you listening. Um, thank you to uh, everybody who, who has listened because this past week we uh, surpassed 10,000 listens, um, which is pretty amazing uh, for the podcast that, uh, that was totally unplanned. It just kind of came out of... Uh, the quarantine and, and a desire to chat with people and, you know, early on organizing some open conversations over Zoom where we had an audience and there were people we all wanted to, to learn some things from. And uh, yeah, it's grown into this this weekly thing that I, I always look forward to and um, it seems like there's, a, there's some people out there who enjoy it too. So I, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for helping us hit... 10,000. Um, I've got an awesome podcast today with Reese Peluso. Um, before I get to it, let me just share a couple things. Um, first, uh, if you're into, into what I'm doing, you can uh, always join Movement Brooklyn online. I teach a class a week on there and upload videos and content and ideas. And there's a bunch of recorded classes over 100 hours. So if you're into that, uh, you can just go to movementbrooklyn.com or members.movementbrooklyn.com. Um, I, uh, I'm also going to be teaching uh, a class on Our Breath Collective, which um, today's guest, Reese, is one of the founders of. Um, Our Breath Collective is a, uh, um, an online community of people who gather to, to breathe and learn about breath work. Um, and they invited me to uh, teach a movement class on there. So if that's something you're interested in, that class is on March 7th and it is at 2 p.m. Eastern time. It's 20 bucks and it's a 75 minute class. Um, everybody's welcome. All you have to do is go to ourbreathcollective.com and there should be a, a workshops and events page there and you can sign up right through there. So uh, I hope you will be there. Um, I think that's all the announcements. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, obviously uh, throw a little rating or review down wherever you're listening to it. Uh, uh, I've heard that goes a, a long way in uh, helping out the podcast. Um, yeah, and you can always follow me on Instagram at Kyle Grit. You can also follow Movement Brooklyn at Movement Brooklyn. Cool. Let's get to the podcast with Reese. Um, Super cool to connect. Um, I was connected to Reese through Kimberly Johnson, who I had on a few weeks ago. Um, she is involved with Our Breath Collective as well. We exchanged some emails. She put me in touch with Reese. Uh, we got Reese on to, to have a conversation. I think his story is is really interesting, really wonderful. Um, he uh, kind of took a deep dive into the Wim Hof method, traveling and taking two trips to Poland, um, you know, hiking to the top of mountains, wearing shorts, and um, he realized that this is how he wanted to to commit his time to, to breathing and breath work. So he started studying lots of different methods and different schools of breath. Um, he studied with people like Casper Vandermeulen, Dan Brühl, and Brian McKenzie, 
Um, and he says he now follows a principle-based approach to meet the breather where they are and help to empower them to use the breath as a tool. He works privately with clients, including individuals and groups, and also as the co-founder and CEO of the Breath Collective, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I believe he Reese is, is based in San Diego, so um, maybe I will take a, a, a summertime trip down to San Diego um, if things change in the world here and uh, jump, in a, jump in some ice baths alongside Reese. So I enjoyed this conversation. I think you will too. Here it is, Reese Peluso. In one of the photos you sent me, you it looked like you were on top of a mountain in like shorts. Was that one of like the events with the the man Wim Hof himself? Actually, Wim wasn't on that trip, um, but yes, that was in Poland. Uh, that mountain's called Mount Schnetzka. It's actually on the Czech border, um, and I went there. What year? Maybe twenty sixteen. Um, with a guy named Casper Vandermeulen and Casper um, for a long time was Wim's sort of right-hand man. He was the teacher teaching the teachers. Um, and so, you know, I got into the Wim Hof method, you know, maybe like six months prior to going on that trip. And I got introduced through a friend of mine. Um, he did, we did a breathing session together and then I just like dove into the rabbit hole and I really wanted to go see Wim. Um, he was coming to LA at the time, but I just didn't really align with my schedule. So I randomly signed up for another workshop mm-hmm. in LA with, I didn't know at the time, but it was with Casper and I just wanted to get some experience with someone who actually knew like, you know, human nature, we want to do it right. So, uh, I ended up going to that workshop and just totally had an awesome connection with Casper. He, you know, he's a young guy. He was a former science teacher, high school science teacher. And he just, his way of like sharing the information that just totally drew me in. And I stayed, I went to like the Wim Hof basics course. And then he, the next day he was doing a masterclass. So I was like, dude, can I stay? ended up crashing on a friend's couch and stayed. And then from there, like he's more or less been my teacher since that day. Um, and so I went to that class and I was like, dude, what's next, you know? And he's like, well, I'm doing this trip to Poland. You should come. And I like immediately signed up. And, and so that was really kind of like what catapulted me into all of this, uh, on, on kind of more of a teaching level after that experience, I was just like, I got to teach this to the, I got to share this with as many people as I can. So, you know, jumped into the teacher training and then went through that process with him, which he led. And then I went back to Poland and I've since been teaching the Wim Hof method and more, you know, specifically breath work, um, since then. So. You notice that like, I mean, I have to imagine this is the case, but I'm going to ask anyway, that since that book breath came out, the James Nestor book that, like things have kind of like exploded. Off. Like they, yeah, I was not, I wasn't going to go so far as to say it exploded, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, in, in a sense, yes, it has totally exploded. Uh, you know, I mean, the fact that he's got a New York time bestseller, he's been on like NPR, he's been on every news media outlet. Like it's definitely catapulted the whole conversation. 
And I think the way that he presented it was in such a like non-dogmatic journalistic view that it was just like, it's accessible, you know? I mean, so many of the people that we see in the breath world, it's like, they're either like totally woo out there, cosmic, hard to connect for some people, or they're like on the other extreme side where they're like, you know, full performance, like, I don't know. There's just, there's like these two extreme sides of it, you know, and similar to like, I guess anything. And he just kind of like took this middle of the road thing. And, and also I think the amount of his own experience that he put into it, like made it so easy to connect with, you know, I've been a fan of James for a long time. I used to run a surf blog um, back, you know, years ago and, and knew him through that and just the surf community. And so after, you know, reading that book and have had many conversations with him, um, just so grateful for, for that book because of what it's done for the breathwork community. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely exploded. It's, I mean, it's like, you know, when people come to you and they're like, they want to know about breathing or breath work or something. It's, it's like if they have no experience, the idea of handing them like Iyengar, like light on pranayama, it's just like, it, that's, no. that's so far. Like this book is like you said, it's like, I never recommend, I mean, I, I read plenty and I never recommend books to people, but it was the first book that I like recommended to family members. And, you know, people often know you're like, oh, don't even like go to like recommending books to family members. But it was the first yeah. time I was like, guys, you should... This is a, you guys want to know about something that's really practical and accessible. Here's something you can do right out of the gate. It was my number one gift for Christmas for people this year. Um, really? Yeah, I you know, and it's interesting because you know my parents actually like were got super into breathwork after I, they saw my transformation, and so that was cool. So it wasn't like a big sell for them to read it, but then you know my wife and other people in the family they're just like, they don't really get what I do. And so I was just like, here, like, this is a totally legit book. And I'm not giving you this because I want you to like, know what I do and understand, you know, this stuff. This is like, to me, the best book on health that you could possibly read, you know? And so I think, um, in that sense, it's, it's awesome and it's attainable and it's relatable. It's not, you know, I mean, Wim is awesome, but he's also like this character that is, people are just like, who is this crazy dude, you know? And, and so there's a disconnect there. And then, you know, the, uh, some of the other like kind of leaders in the breath world, they're, they're not like, James is just a dude. Like it's, he's rad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to actually the paperback because I know he's adding more to it. So um, it'll be cool to see what else because, you know, he says that there's just so much information that he came up with for the book that didn't even make the book. So it'll be cool. And just the the amount of studies that are coming out and just the new research um, is is pretty awesome. So it's a great time to be a part of it. It's like, we're kind of on the the forerunners of the groundswell here. And I think it's only going to just continue to grow at a more rapid rate than, you know, some of these other practices like yoga and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a part of the community and, and, you know, just seeing it all unfold, you know? So 
Yeah, I um, I, it's so interesting because I just remember like I don't know like when that that Vice whim documentary mini doc kind of came out and that that really popped and he was having and he's I, I would say whim is still having his his oh, moment yeah. oh yeah and i was like oh like i don't know i didn't think that like breath would become big, bigger than that that it wouldn't have so much as much light any more light shined on it but somehow yeah that book really like as i walked down like i'm in boulder right now and we go by the boulder bookstore a lot mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it's still like in the front window Wow. It's one of their like recommendations. So. so cool. And I don't think James anticipated that at all, you know, and now he's like, he's been put on this pedestal of, and he's just like, dude, like, I don't have the question answers to all your questions. You know, he was saying that when the book first came out, like people were like coming to him with all these crazy stories and like asking him for help. And he's just like, Whoa, all right. You know? So I think he's definitely sunk his teeth in even more, which is cool. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, I mean, it just goes to show when you can, when you can present something in the way that he did, like people just are going to soak it up. And, and the breath is so cool because it is so simple and it is so powerful. Like, you know, you can have an experience within a matter of just a couple breaths. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of the perfect storm right now. So yeah, I'm excited. Well, as you said, like perfect storm, I think the one piece I, I should also add is that it's like, you know, we're in like the middle of a pandemic. And I think the book came out like right when it was starting or just before the pandemic started, yeah, right? Yeah, it came out in May, I think. Um, right. So like we're talking about stuff where yeah. it's like, you know, breath related, respiratory, virus. respiratory virus. And then all of a sudden there's a book on breath. I mean, it's like, you know, I feel like so many things like happened all at once that like brought people's like attention to these things and like a really like, you know, like they needed it. They're like, oh, I, what, what is something I can do to like help navigate this ship in this storm? Absolutely. No question. Yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, divine timing, if you will. <laughs> um, what is it? What was, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who kind of, not a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but I observe like a number of people who come from like the surf community. Mm -hmm. And that seems like the bridge from like surfing to like a lot of the breath work, or at least there's a lot of connection between the two. So like, you know, if you were in the surf world, was it, did it, did it feel like this, like at least a transition that made sense or like a bridge that made sense into like studying breath because you could you as someone who comes from surfing and being in the water being underwater like that this is something that you're like oh i've already been thinking about this stuff in some way honestly like i'm i didn't really have a ton of exposure through surfing to the breath um i think i'm also probably more on the side of surfing that doesn't necessarily need uh, a strong breath practice or breath hold, if you will. You know, I mean, in the big, big wave surf community, there's definitely been, you know, an emphasis on, on breathing and breath holds. Um, but, you know, really like, I feel like once Kelly Slater got a hold of whim and kind of fell down that rabbit hole, that's what really kind of brought the surf community in and, and same with Laird, you know, I, I, those kind of two people were really kind of the first ones that I saw really talking about it. Um, and obviously Brett Laird has gone on to do what he's done with his XPT and his sort of training protocols and, and everything he's, he's taken it to the next level, but, um, yeah, I mean, breathing definitely goes hand in hand with, 
with surfing breath holds, um, really any athletic pursuit, you can get performance gains from, from breathing properly and understanding your relationship to the breath. Um, but the surf community definitely has grasped it a lot more than I think a lot of other, you know, I would say like, um, some of the more like combat BJJ type, uh, you know, stuff has, has definitely grasped it as well, but the surf community is pretty gung ho about it. It's pretty cool. You know, yeah, I, mean, I remember I talked to somebody who's like, a one of the teachers where I was doing jujitsu in New York and I, I, he does, he does jujitsu and he all and, and surfs. And then I guess they did some like exposure to someone doing like a Wim Hof, um, kind of, uh, experience for them. And I think he had, he had done breath work before, but we were chatting about it and he was talking about like, you know, just at that little workshop, he did like a six minute breath hold. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. But it's like, as you said, those two worlds have kind of like grasped onto that yeah. almost out of necessity. Oh, totally. And, and I mean, I think even the jujitsu world has had maybe even more exposure to it. You know, I mean, you know, like the Gracie family, they, they're all like breath masters and they've, you know, they've been really in that world for a long time before it was even talked about, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think out of necessity for sure. And, and it's cool to, to see these kind of connections with that as well. Like, I mean, a lot of surfers are into that training as well. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a crazy little cross connection, cross cultural, intertwining yeah you alluded to like a a transformation yeah like when you got into um your first exposure with breath work i'm curious what that looked like so i guess i'm curious like you know what was like life pre breath and then what was that like metamorphosis yeah life pre-breath was a lot of stress and a lot of inability to deal with the stress um right around the time when i was getting curious and and i didn't know about really about breathing at the time um i had a couple startup businesses i was um in the midst of a, a marketing agency a social media marketing agency that i had started Simultaneously, about a year later, I started a organic sunscreen company with some friends. And so really like the amount of work and time, plus I had a daughter who was, you know, two years old at the time was expecting another child. Um, and just the amount of stress and not taking care of myself was just escalating and surfing really being my escape or my time for myself and just to go and cleanse and be active and just enjoy nature was just totally gone. You know, like as the responsibilities just increase, I was just like, I'm not surfing anymore. I'm not really doing anything. Um, and at that time I, I actually heard whim on a podcast and was like, dude, what's that guy drinking? I want some of that mojo, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Like I want some of that. And then, you know, seeing him on social media within the surf community. So I was just like, all these things are pointing me towards this. And, um, I was talking to my wife about it and she had mentioned, uh, that she was just talking to a friend, um, who's now a business partner of mine with Kimberly, uh, Johnson, who I know you've talked to, um, 
anyway, he, I reached out to him and he was like, you want a, a life upgrade? Well, let's breathe, you know? And I was like, okay, that sounds great. So we did one breath session together and, um, you know, I just had never felt like that before. And I was like, what just happened? Like, that was insane. Okay. I like light bulbs start going off. Okay. I get this, but there's more to this. Like, so I, I just went full dove in, did Wim's online course. Uh, he had his original 10 week course. I did it in 10 days. And then I was just like, what, you know, what's next. That's when I went and did met Casper and went to Poland. And I always say that trip was, was like kind of really that turning point for me. Number one, I like, I'm not the type of person that likes to be alone ever. Like if my wife goes out of town or does something like I'm calling the friends to go hang out or like I'm doing something with people. I just don't like to be alone. I've never traveled alone. So like here I am going on this trip to Poland by myself, totally out of the comfort zone in that regard. And then getting there and really going all in, like as I was sitting in the airport, I was just like, okay, like, make the most of this, you know, and, and anytime someone asks you to go in the cold, go do it. Anytime some, you know, whatever's there, like just take full advantage. And, um, you know, so I got there and, and I'm also like, I'll preface by saying like, I've never been a fan of the cold. I'm surfing in Southern California in my wetsuit in the summer, you know, like I'm just, it's not never been my thing. And so, you know, getting there, it was just like, I didn't know anyone. Um, I didn't like the cold, but I was there for something, you know, and um, just went really all in. I was probably went in the cold more than anyone. My buddy and I, that I made, I've made a friend there, like pretty immediately we just connected and we were just like going outside in the cold all night, like laying in the snow, jumping in the river. Um, and then through the breathing, I just had some crazy emotional releases, you know, just emotion and just shit that's been locked in for so long. I was just like spewing out, you know, and I was just like, I go into these like crying, just total detox for, you know, 30, 40 minutes at a time that I just really didn't know what it was about. I just knew that it was some shit that I've been holding on to. And then, um, you know, the last day we're supposed to go climb Mount Schnetzka. It's sort of the peak of the trip. And I like that night prior, like I did not sleep. I would felt so sick. I was just like totally drained. I sweat through my sheets. Like my body was like in full detox mode and I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know? And, um, I told Casper in the morning and we were doing a breathing session. He's like, dude, just go mellow. You'll be fine. It's all good. And so I, just kind of really pulled back on the breathing and found myself in this space where I was just like, went through like all of these people in my life that I just connected to through the breath at that time. And then just like really came into my own body and was just like, wow, like I have so much power here and I'm so grateful and reconnected to me and what I'm capable of. And, um, and then I just like started crying again. And then I just had this full crazy detox. Like I started sweating again. I just, I had to go take a shower afterwards. I, I don't know. My body was just like letting go of all this stuff. And, 
and, you know, really what it comes down to is, you know, I kind of just learned to love myself again, you know, really appreciate my body, really want to actually take care of my body, take care of my mind, like expand learning. And, um, you know, since then now just my whole life has kind of really transformed from there, you know, this past year, um, I actually exited the marketing agency that I, um, had founded and that was something I never really thought was possible. Um, but it was something that I now see how much I was growing away from that because of all these other things that I was doing and primarily like helping people to realize themselves, you know, and, and it was like, here I am like doing this marketing for brands and for things that I just, I don't really connect to anymore. And what I'm really connected to is this desire to help people and share these practices and just, you know, connect in that way. So it was just really a blessing in disguise that just sort of happened. And, you know, now I'm just kind of like stepping into this world of like, just being, you know, breath coach. I don't really like the word coach because everyone's a coach now. I'm um, mm. trying to think of a new word for it, but um, yeah. And, you know, I just, I guess inherently an, an entrepreneur and kind of have done all these things and now have, you know, this platform that I've created with some friends. So just kind of stepping into that and building that. So it's like been people, a long transformation. <laughs> well, and, and, and people, you know, obviously have needed it forever, but it's like, it's, it's so timely you know, that, you know, you guys have your platform going, like when everything that's going on is going on and, you know, I'm sure people are, you know, struggling to manage stress um, yeah. in a potentially heightened way, just from the, the nature of the way things are at the moment. Yeah. You know, I remember it was like, it must've been March when I was like turned on to you guys. Like when it all kind of unfolded, I remember someone sending me a thing being like, Oh, have you checked out our breath collective? So you know, it's, 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 it's an important work at a, at a really, I don't know, timely moment in history. It is. What, what, what was then like the, I guess, I, I'm curious about a couple of things, but I'll go with this first. What, like, what was the moment where you were like, okay, like I've done this thing and I've spent time here and I'm, and I'm a practitioner. I'm not just like someone who's gone and had experiences. When were you like, oh, I should teach this. Like what, what, what kind of facilitated like, the leap from practicing to teaching really that trip you know after that trip i i got home and i was just like pretty much the first thing i told my family when i saw them was like i'm i'm gonna teach this like i gotta sign up for this training um and you know in particular was really going after the wim hof method uh and since then now have kind of expanded my experience and knowledge outside of just that one method. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think really it was just that trip. I was just blown away by what I felt and also getting connected to like, Hey, this is literally, I'm just manipulating my breath and I can feel this way. And like, I've always had a ability to connect with people, create community, um, so it it just kind of like, I don't know, it just made sense. Uh, I never really anticipated it turning into my everyday kind of job, if you will. I don't really even consider it a job. And, you know, it's just like, yeah. I love doing it. Um, 
and and what i think that was maybe even what was beneficial and really cool was it was sort of like this side thing you know i started teaching and doing workshops and um i created this like community that actually would come to my house we call it ice church on sundays and we would you know breathe in my garage and then go outside and get in the ice bath i have a little freezer set up and just you know share time together and um so just it just it, there was never pressure to make money from it and it just I think that had that purity behind it actually like really helped me and create like a community. Uh, and now like, I mean, in Encinitas there's or Carlsbad, San Diego, like where I am in this little bubble, like there's a lot of people doing breath and ice. It's pretty cool. And I'm not saying that I'm the one who started it, mm -hmm. but definitely have my little pocket here that has like kind of started to grow. So it, it, yeah, it's just one of those things that just like felt right. Like it, I just had this calling, like you got to do this, you know, and, and here I am. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What, what is it that you think? Cause I have like a, a couple little theories. What is it that you think that people who don't get it, you know, you kind of said that you have like, you know, certain friends and family who like don't quite grab onto like what you're doing or like what, what breath work is or like why it's happening, whatever what what do you think is that thing that makes it hard for them to, to grab onto it? I think part of it is the fact that they think that because they're already breathing, that they're breathing properly. You know, breathing being this auto automatic part of our body, part of our system. And so I think that's a, just an ignorance, not in a bad way, but it's just like, yeah, I'm already breathing. What do I need to like breathe for um so i think like on the most simple level that is part of it um outside of that i mean i think there's just various reasons probably for everyone that has something a little bit different but you know the more i've learned and the more i've studied this there's just so many ways to come at it and that for me is like kind of the puzzle now is like okay well maybe this person needs a little bit of science to like bring them in, or maybe this person needs a little, just the experience to bring them in. And so finding that like entry point, uh, is, is kind of really the, the, the puzzle now for me. And, um, I think that book has definitely helped kind of yeah. open the lens for people, uh, or even yeah. just the curiosity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, part of it is just like people are just like dude what do i need to breathe for like well that's kind of i i kind of like had this idea as we were chatting about it that i'm like you know and i've experienced this like teaching movement sometimes where it's like you know we want to work with little or no you know no tools and if they are tools or apparatuses they're super simple i mean like balls and sticks and whatever yeah. and some people can't wrap their head around it because it's almost like well I should be using like the fancier things or it should be extremes or the apparatuses should be more complex or whatever. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think that might be the case then with like breath where it's like, like it, it doesn't have all like the fancy tools. There's no like easy. Peloton <laughs> mirror version of addressing breasts. They're like, Oh, well, like, you know, I like that's simple. I need to do the, the, the extreme thing. And then I, as I kind of, digest it a little more it makes me think like oh well maybe that's why like the Wim Hof thing caught on when it did because 
it kind of fed that hunger for like an extreme, like a really like intense feeling, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, even in, even in Nestor's book, it doesn't jump to like, let's go to like the top of the mountain and be in the cold and like, you know, do Tumo. It yeah. was like, Hey, like learn how to breathe in and out through your nose. Um, but I, that's why I was like, Oh, well, the wind thing also might've played to that kind of maybe American or Western, like it needs to be crazy. Yeah. Totally. Oh, I think that's, I think that's a great point and definitely something I would agree with. Um, it just seems too easy and <laughs> simple, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, I mean, now we're seeing tools coming out for breathing and all these stuff. And it's like, it just, just, if you have, if you can just get yourself to do the practice, you don't need the tools. You got the tools. They're all here, you know, mm -hmm. it's like learn how to use the, what you got same with what you're teaching with the movement. And I love that approach, you know, it's like, it's all here and, you know, we can use our body and our, all these systems that we have to, to really get exactly what we need. We don't need all these outside things. You know, you think about historical ancestry, ancestrally, you know, we, we didn't have a lot and we were, evolved into what we are now obviously yeah. we have a lot of modern luxuries that have taken away a lot of what we're capable of and i think that's what's cool about all these things too is really just re-establishing what what's there what we can do right because we're because we're complex enough as it is <laughs> yeah totally yeah so then so then what so you know and i have an idea of like a lot of like these you know places that can be gone with breath just from like some reading and a few different experiences and workshops. So after you were like, okay, this is it. I'm, I am in what, like, how did you start steering the ship in terms of like investigating and like other forms of breath practice? Did you start incorporating and, and experimenting with? Well, one of the, I think the, key things was that my friend um luke who actually i did the first breathing session with he came into breath work through rebirthing um which is another kind of school of breath and so i got exposed to that alongside of the wim hof method and really by having these two things i was just like okay well it's not just the Wim Hof method that I can have an experience through and I can go and do this rebirthing thing, which, you know, there are some similarities, but also not. And, and also the, I guess the lineage of rebirthing, you know, it started like in the sixties, Leonard Orr. Um, and, and so that kind of just like having that other thing there was just like, okay, the rabbit hole is like massive. And if I'm only going down one path, then I'm kind of missing out. And so from there, I just, you know, he had 10, 12 years of experience already with breath work. And, you know, he'd done some transformational breath, uh, holotropic. So I just, I think I got lucky in, in just having him to kind of be a mentor in that way. Um, and then also having Casper too, uh, you know, he kind of more took this after, you know, a few years of working with him, he kind of really shifted to more like a principle-based approach of breathing. And, um, 
So once you understand the principles of, you know, physiology, anatomy, chemistry, uh, and then even biomechanics and nervous system, then you can really be super intentional with how you guide breathing and how you share it. So that also, I think those two pieces of the puzzle really helped me. And, and so I just really tried to experience all of them. You know, I was like, I want to taste all of the flavors, you know, here, I don't want to just be caught in one path and, and in the breath world. And I think this happens in a lot of places, like people just get in like one way is the only way Wim Hof method. A lot of people are like, this is the only way to breathe, you know? And, and even like in the Buteco world, they're like, you can't hyperventilate. It's like, the breath is non-prescriptive here. You know, everyone is coming here at a different place. We all have different things, trauma, whatever. Our nervous systems are all in a different place. And so if you do understand those principles, then you can actually work with someone to help them go one way or the other, whatever their goals are. You know, I've worked with people, athletes who are like, you know, I worked with a, a girl this summer who's a professional snowboarder. And she was just like, she had all these goals and, and that she wanted to do. Like, I want to get to the mountain where I'm going. If I'm going at higher elevation, I want to be able to adapt quicker. I want to be standing on the top of my line and look down and be able to like bring the focus in, settle myself down, but also keep that charge, you know? And then I've worked with people who are just like, corporate executives just full stressed out, you know, and they just want to have a tool to really calm themselves down, you know? So there's just like everywhere in between, but if you're just like, Hey, you can only hyperventilate Wim Hof style, you know, it's not going to help everyone. So that's kind of been my path, uh, is really kind of, you know, really understanding these, this baseline principles and then applying that to whomever I'm working with. Um, and I think that's an empowering way to like approach it and also empowering to have a teacher come to you to share, Hey, here's like, here's the platter, you know, and, and we can kind of piece together your meal in a way that works for you, you know? So I, I admire that because I mean, uh, just kind of walking through the worlds that I've existed in, I've seen that thing that you're talking about where it's like, it is this way or the highway. Yeah. And it's like, man, like, it's not that you need to go and subscribe to anything else, but like, if you don't know what that stuff tastes like, maybe you don't actually know how good your, your thing really tastes. That too. You totally. know? Or, or you don't know how to like season your thing, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I dig that. What is, what is this, uh, what is rebirth? Can you describe that a little bit? Um, rebirthing, uh, was developed by a guy named Leonard Orr and, um, Basically, it's a connected breathing pattern, you know, connected meaning we're continuously moving the breath. Um, and generally, a rebirthing is is sort of like a, an experience, you know, you go through what they call an energy cycle. So um, it can go anywhere from an hour to two hours long, just depending on how long that energy cycle goes for. And Leonard... Um, I don't know like all the details cause I'm not like a rebirther per se. Um, I've just experienced it. He, um, he basically through experimentation found that this particular type of breathing pattern would bring you back to like rebirth, like experiencing your birth again. 
Um, they actually used to do it underwater, like in a jacuzzi with a snorkel, like as if you're in the womb. Um, and so, you know, it's sort of like clearing you out and like excavating stuff that you've just packed down in there. And, you know, if you work with a rebirther, normally you do like 10 sessions and you just kind of like clearing, clearing the system, you know, um, they always kind of use the analogy of like a cup of water. And as you're going through life, you're just kind of packing everything down into the bottom and stuffing it all in. And then you start to breathe and the breath is like the stream of water going into the cup. And that stream starts mixing some of the stuff up and then it starts pouring out. You have these emotional releases or other kinds of ways of purging. Um, and then when you're done with that breathe, the cup is a little bit clearer and then you do it again, you know, and that's why you do 10 sessions. You're just kind of clearing the water out. Um, so it's, it's just a connected breathing style a, a connected breathing pattern. Um, and it can be super powerful. It is super powerful. It's, I mean, I've, I've been in a number of sessions, uh, through Luke and then other kind of people that I've met through him, um, hosted some at my house and, and we actually do some rebirthing. We have, um, this guy, Aaron Overstreet, he's a 30 year rebirther. His father was a rebirther and, um, we do workshops typically quarterly through, um, through our breath collective too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just another kind of pathway and, yeah. and from rebirthing a lot of other people have kind of spun off. Maybe you've heard of Dan Brule. He's sort of like one of the breath Titans, if you will, he came from rebirthing, um, transformational breath work came from rebirthing. So it was kind of like this, I don't know. I don't want to say starting point because there's been breath before, but it was definitely a little hot spot that kind of all these little, little branches came out from. How much time do you spend kind of observing like the, the, like the really old writings or the old practices of breath, like, um, like certain practices of like pranayama or, or anything like that? I mean, I've definitely got into some pranayama books. Um, and then, you know, just through doing yoga and my wife's yoga teacher, Luke also, you know, he's been a big part of my journey. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I've explored, probably something that I want to get more into. Um, I've really been intrigued a lot around the neuroscience of breathing. That's something that I think is getting more and more, um, we're seeing more and more. I just actually talked to, um, a guy named Jack Feldman. He's a professor at UCLA. He came out with a study in 2018, um, called breathing matters where he basically found two regions in the brain that, um, regulate our breath, our inhalation and exhalation. Um, and I got an opportunity to chat with him yesterday. And, um, that whole side of things I think is really where we're going to start to see a lot coming from. He's working on a new study around emotion and breathing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just like, I'm trying to like get as yeah. much as I can. Um, but I know like, you know, this all came from, as Nestor would even say, like the ancient texts, they all mention breathing and. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just thinking like, you know, it, you know, we have like, you know, research papers and theses and things right now, but I mean, I, I forget. It's like, maybe it was 
in Patanjali. And I don't know if it was one of the sutras or if it was like the person who translated it and wrote it into like his description of one of the sutras, but just simply the idea that like, if you can control your breath, you can control your mind. And if you can control your mind, your breath is under control. Yeah. And uh, almost distilling it down to like that, that simple, little, like that little simple piece. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. It really resonated with me in like a beautiful way. Yeah. I'm curious though about this, the, the, the research, not that I, I want you to try to describe uh, this professor's thesis, but I am, I am super interested in kind of that direction as well. Yeah, so basically he found these two regions in the brain. One is called the pre-Botzinger complex, and the other is the parafacial nucleus. And um, basically they did the study on rats, and, and I don't want to botch it by saying something that's not right, um, but basically they, they took the brainstem out of a rat and they took these little slices, and then from that they were able to find these two regions in the brain. and um, through that, they've found that human beings are, were inspiratory uh, animals, you know, we're, we're, our expiration, our exhale is passive. And um, the beauty of human beings is we do have this diaphragm, uh, reptiles, they don't. Uh, and so we can, while we are inspiratory, we do have the ability to um, use our exhale in a way that we can, um, like if you're doing something active, you know, your breath becomes more activated in both directions. So we have the ability to control both ends of the spectrum, but overall we are, it's more about the, the inhale. I mean, if you think about it, your diaphragm, as your diaphragm moves down, it's, um, contracting, right. And then that's our inhale. We're creating more space. And then our exhale, it's relaxing. So it sort of makes sense, right? That we're inspiratory, that this region in the brain is what's controlling that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's like a 45 page uh, study. And I mean, he very eloquently explains it. Uh, there's a great YouTube video where he goes into it. Um, it's at UCLA. He's like presenting to, I don't know, students or whatever. Um, but he's such a cool guy. He's like, he's real deal, but he's like just a wonderful human being. He was so cool. So just, did, did you like reach out to him and just say, Hey, like I'm, I read your study. Like I, I actually my, one of my, so right now in our breath collective, we're, we're running our first teacher training. So we're, we have about 20, 22 people in this training and we're just trying to bring in other experts as well. So, you know, my colleague who's who's running it with me just on a whim reached out to Jack and was like, Hey, we're doing this training. And, you know, we've been talking a little bit about your study on a very simple, basic level. And we'd love to have you come talk. And he was just like, for sure, let's do it. You know? And, and it, the conversation was awesome. Like he went off for like an hour and he had to go, he had another commitment, but he was like, yeah, I want to come back and we'll do a Q and a. So he's like already offering to come back. We we're just like, Oh my gosh, this could not have been, have been better. Um, so yeah, you know, you never know. That's the beauty of all this, some of this technology and getting connected to people's just asking. And, and I feel like, you know, someone like him professors and, and even, you know, Andrew Huberman, he's, he's another kind of big influence for me. Um, 
they're just, they make themselves accessible and they're really just trying to share the information that they have, which I totally respect. And, and that's how I want to be as well. So. Yeah. It's like, we, we, we need more of that because there's so much of like trying to, I don't know, keep things behind like a lock and a key. Right. Totally. For and sure. It's almost like people, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's, they want to see like the immediate like gain from like putting their information out and as opposed to, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some reciprocity that comes around by like, I mean, I being available. I totally think that that is, is valid. You know, it's like the more you give, the more you get. Um, and you know, we all have an ego that we want to get recognition or whatever, but at the end of the day, if we're not sharing the information and, and we're just hoarding it for ourselves. We're not really helping anyone. So right. What do you, do you practice any sort of meditation as well? Or is that kind of go hand in hand with Brett? Um, I honestly, I had a pretty solid meditation practice until COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I very diligent about waking up early. Uh, it's really my only time that I get to myself, um, you know, with kids and, um, you know, I was doing a breath practice every morning and then a sit right after. And the two really go so hand in hand. I mean, you can use your breath to really calm yourself down and accelerate that space of stillness that you can get into. Um, but yeah, once COVID hit, it totally disrupted my whole kind of pattern. And I just haven't really synced back up with it. I mean, I still do a breath practice every day. I mean, obviously we have our breath collective and we lead a practice every day. So I do have some assistance there, which is nice. Uh, you know, that's always, that's kind of right. Why we started it was like the number one question that I would get all the time is like, Hey, how do you do this every day? You know, how do you stay accountable? How do you, what do you do? You know? And so I was just like, all right, well, let's just share our practices. We're already waking up and doing it. Um, and And so, yeah, just trying to find some way and throughout the day, I'm just constantly noticing my breath and I can just take a few seconds, a few breaths or a few minutes. Um, but yeah, my meditation practice has definitely suffered from, from COVID. And, and I feel like now here we are a year later and I'm probably just making an excuse. (laughs) Hey, but I think it's understandable when you're like, especially when you're somebody with like kids, like COVID really changed the game so much so much so yeah can you talk a little bit about hot and cold exposure yeah and are there any other tools that you use that might facilitate like that same experience of like managing stress um i mean really the hot and the cold are, are kind of the two. I have a, a sauna in my garage and I have a, like a manipulated freezer in my backyard. That is my ice bath. And like I said before, you know, I was so had so much aversion to the cold and really the key for me was just reframing it as like, Hey, here's an opportunity to train, you know, it's a training stimulus. And so it's not as scary, I guess, as it once was, um, or as like repulsive and, um, you know, it's kind of one of those things too, where the, there is a place where you get where like kind of the light bulb goes off and you're like, 
okay, I get this. You know, it's like, I talk to so many people and I'm like, dude, why would you do that? Like, that's crazy. That sounds so miserable, you know? And, and it, it's hard to explain to them, but there is a point if you do it and you get in, there is a point where you're just like, wow, okay, I can be here. I can do this, you know, but it's getting through that stressful fight flight, like get me out of here. Everything in your whole body telling you like, dude, flee, you know, get out. And, um, once you can kind of use your breath, use a little bit of mental kind of strength, everything kind of settles and you get to that like homeostasis place and you can be in it. Um, and, and so I think that is, uh, really powerful. You know, you can, no matter what, like every time I get in, it takes my breath away, totally throttles me. And, you know, it's just like, okay, stay with it and just slow down, you know? And I think about when I am stressed, it's like, you know, the, the, it just starts escalating and then eventually the lid pops off and through using the cold, it just creates this space, you know, to where the lid doesn't pop off. It's like, okay, I can bring it back down, you know? And, um, you know, the heat, I never, I didn't really struggle with it in the same way. Um, I think cause it's like more of a gradual, um, heating up, but it definitely, I mean, it has a very similar type of thing after you're in there for a while, you're like, holy shit, I can't take this anymore. You know? And it's just like going back to the breath, slowing everything down, um, really connecting into the body. I think that's what a lot of both of them do is just expose you to the body and then expose you to the story because your mind just starts going. And, you know, it's sort of like this mirror for life. Like what happens when we experience stress in life, it's happening the same thing in the ice bath. It's only just like way more accelerated and way more in your face. So you can kind of like expose these things, these stories and these whatever's holding you back, um, in a much quicker way. So it's a nice way to like facilitate this, like, and I guess it would be with everything with like most training or practice that like, we want like acute stress to like practice it yeah. as opposed to like living in a state of like chronic stress. Right. Right. Cause that's when we're in like a, a fight or flight. Right. It's right. controlled stress. You know, you think about the ice bath, it's literally a, you know, a bucket of water and ice and it's cold. There's no outside factors that are going to come in. So it really gives you an opportunity to step into it with, you know, an intention, if you will, or, um, and as an opportunity to be with the stress and not let it affect you, you know? Um, or, I mean, it does affect you, but it, it doesn't take you out in the same way that, maybe something you don't necessarily have control over. And it's a decision that you're making. You're like deciding to get into this. Um, so it really becomes a tool to, to deal or to strengthen yourself for when you don't have that control. Um, and that for me has been a really big thing. Um, cause I'm just like naturally very reactive and just like, brah, you know? And so it's just like creates a little bit of space before that lid pops. (laughs) Yeah. I like that though. I like what you said. It's like, it's really, it's almost like respecting that like more often than not, you're not going to be in control. 
So what does yeah. it look like if you prepare for not being in control? I've talked about this uh, uh, a lot on my own, but like the way you said it was like fitting. It's like, hey, this is your chance to really do something to prepare for an uncontrollable world and existence that you're going to walk into. Yeah. And, and there's some things that are happening in the brain too, that you're creating some rewiring as well. That can be really powerful if you go in with an intention or if you go in with, with something that you're striving towards or, or want to accomplish or whatever, whatever, excuse me. Um, there are some things that are happening in the brain too, that the cold helps with. So you, so you can like set an intention before you go in and, 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 and kind of like, yeah, the way redo some grooves. Yeah. Or create some new ones. Hmm. Um, I can send you a study on that. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's it. That's interesting. I mean, that's like, um, what they talk about with like psychedelics and thing is like the idea that you can set an intention and almost like shake the snow globe or something. Totally. Um, but then they obviously like, there's also a lot of talk that like all these things can be done in breath or meditation as well. And in varying degrees. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always, I use the snow globe analogy all the time in the breath, you know, it's like, especially cause we use breath holds and, and that sort of thing. And it's like you, you're breathing and you're shaking up the snow globe and then you hold your breath, particularly on an exhale. And you can feel like everything is humming and, you know, you have all this energy and then as you hold the stillness and it just kind of everything settles like you're in the snow globe and then you get to this place where it's just like quiet and relaxed, you know? And so it's kind of the same, same type of thing in the ice bath. I mean, it's a little bit different now because the stress is so extreme, but there is literally that point. It's, you know, typically around, depending on the person, but around like, 45 60 seconds in the ice bath where you see it in people i love pointing it out like when i'm doing a workshop or something you know it's like they get in their eyes are closed they're breathing it's all in the chest it's <gasps> you know or their eyes are like huge open and then they close their eyes and then you know as they slow themselves down and relax you see the jaw start to drop shoulders drop they'll open their eyes and start looking around it's like a pretty cool thing to to observe in people um and so it's kind of that same thing. Like the, the everything is just like, Wah! and then eventually it's just like, okay. Right, things get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I did like a uh, Wim Hof breathing for over a year, like daily. I was really committed to it. And I did cold exposure every day as part. I didn't take a hot shower for like over a year. Yeah. And, uh, but I only did the shower and then somewhere like I took a trip and they had like a cold plunge at like this place that we were staying at. And I did the cold plunge and I sat in there for like, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes, but it was like, it wasn't that cold. Yeah. Right before COVID. And this is where I met uh, Kimberly. Yeah. I did the, the, I forget what it's called in, in New York. Um, breathe, move, recover. Yeah. Where they have like the hot and cold exposure. And it was actually the first time I ever got in a, in an ice bath. Mm. And it was February in New York. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it was already cold. Um, But I, I had never experienced that feeling of like really kind of like hearing my heart beat Mm. in that way. Wow. And it was probably not as slow as I thought, but in like this really slow kind of like, 
like um I don't know like a like a like a giant walking through a forest mm. you know That's cool. and it was like you said it was after that kind of first minute yeah like the, all the <gasps> had gone away and yeah. it got small and everything kind of just like tuned into just just this like nice heavy slow heartbeat and almost at the end it was almost as if like I didn't want to get out even though I was cold and I was ready to get out yeah that was so like I don't know it was very special it's really cool and and that's what I try to explain to people but it's like you have like you can't you can't really understand that until you actually experience it yeah because you know you think about any time you get in cold water it's like you jump in and you're getting out as fast as you can you don't actually allow your body to like do its thing and trust like hey we're, it's built to like be able to handle that you know um that's cool that that you had such a like very um defined experience in that heartbeat you know that's great great interception there of like being actually to experience what's going on yeah the only thing the only thing that the only thing i can compare my experience with like the the real serious cold to is some other kind of practices i've done like horse stance or i've been doing this thing recently called branching where i like keep my arms extended um but it's not as it it's the acuteness comes a little later it's not as like it's not like that like you're not fired from a cannon in the same way yeah it's more like i guess like you would say like like the heat where it's like a steady kind of build and then it gets to a point where it's like okay it's it's hot and it's hard you know um but yeah i totally get that um as of as like you were talking about you know being a dad and you're talking about being a husband and you're also a son you have like parents and everything and you said i think you said your parents have gotten into it um i'm curious what what that looks like like what their practice looks like and then i'm Uh, also curious like as a as a parent like what kind of exposure are you giving to your kids like knowing what you know now about breath and like how it could help them as they kind of navigate life yeah um my parents definitely got into it when i first started off um I would say they probably don't really do much with it now. Like I was hosting, you know, things at my house and my dad would come. Um, my mom actually did uh, our breath collective for a while. She was doing the breathes. Um, but you know, for them, it's not, I don't know, it's not a regular thing. Um, but I mean, they're in full support and they totally get it. Like my mom's red breath, um, you know, she's adopted some of the, some of the things. Um, but I think on a regular basis, it's not, not really in their day to day. That's still a pretty cool feeling though. Right. That, yeah. that, that you're like, mom read the book and like, they're like into it. I don't know. I feel like that's like not a common story between like children and their parents. I mean, my parents are like very open. They're mm-hmm. like, dude, I mean, they, my parents microdose, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so it's like, they're totally open to everything, which I mean, I think, it's funny because all my friends are like, dude, what? Your parents did what? Like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had people over here. My dad's like hanging out and breathing and going in the ice bath. And, you know, everyone's just like, wow, that's so cool. So, I mean, I'm definitely very um, stoked on that and, and just appreciate them so much for doing that. Um, as far as my kids go, I don't really push anything on them. I try to more lead by example. Like I said, we have, you know, this kind of ice church group. I mean, you know, they've seen all my friends come over, 
and breathe in the garage and they come outside and play when we're out in the ice bath my kids go in the ice bath for them it's like a game they just like it's like they think it's fun and silly and you know they get in the in the cold and they're just like ah, whatever and it's like not really a big deal because um, because kids don't really get cold it's yeah. almost like we like learn to get cold i like my wife always points this out like if you go to like a playground and it's like especially in new york when it's like 10 degrees the parents are bundled up. The kids are like taking their jackets off and totally. some of the parents are trying to put them back on and they're like, no, I'm hot. Let me go. Yeah, totally. I know my kids, like they sleep in their underwear and they're just like all winter long, you know? <laughs> yeah. So funny. Um, but yeah, as far as breathing, I don't really put too much emphasis on it. I mean, I we have a couple books that have like, you know, different animals that they do different breathes, breathing kind of techniques or whatever. So do some of that but just really kind of trying to lead by example and um you know it's interesting too like you know as you've read in Nestor's book the like the mouth breathing versus nasal breathing my oldest is a mouth breather um and she already had braces and my little one is in uh, a nose breather and she her teeth you know are totally straight she's got like plenty of room in her mouth it's interesting just to see that um my my oldest she does sometimes tape her mouth at night which she thinks is kind of cool uh, <laughs> you know so i just yeah i'm not trying to force anything on them or just like i said lead by example and let them kind of find their way into it i just kind of hope that they do and you know holding that space for them same with surfing <laughs> i want my kids to surf but um you know, I know if I push them into it, they're going to be over it. This past summer, they were both like really keen. So I'm hopeful on the same front as, as the breathing and, and just, you know, continue to, to pave the way for them and, and they'll come around when they're ready. That's so cool. I, I, I want to see them uh, getting in and out of the, the ice. I feel like that's really fun. Yeah. It's so funny there it, to them. It's a total game. You know, they're just like, whatever, you know, they don't have all these stories around it. I mean, they're not going in and like sitting in there forever, but they'll just like go hop in and they'll, there's like a little step and they'll just stand on there and play and bring their toys in and then get out and then go back in. And um, so, yeah, it's cool. Man, that's so awesome. Well, tell me about the, the breath collective. Like how did, uh, how did that whole thing end up coming together? I know we kind of touched on it just a little bit over the course of this, but what was like, okay, let's like, let's, let's create our, our thing. And, and then what kind of led to being like, oh, well, we should also start creating some sort of certification process or some teacher training or something. Yeah. So it's funny because I, when I got into the Wim Hof method and I got back from that Poland trip, I actually had this idea. I was like, wow, I just want to pool all like the Wim Hof teachers and I like, and then just have them lead a, a breathing session every day, you know? And, and because I was already like on my way to becoming a, a teacher, um, I, you know, I created this Facebook group and I was going to do it. I had a couple guys who were like super keen on it. And then I ended up starting having people over at my house and it just turned into this thing at my house. And so I kind of like forgot about that idea. Meanwhile, a couple of, or about, yeah, about a year or two later, Kimberly and Luke came to me and they're like, Hey, we have this daily breath idea. Like we want you to be a part of it. And they started telling me about it. And I was just like, 
I mean, I had already thought about this like years ago and then just kind of like never did anything with it. So I was like an immediate yes. And the idea was, you know, we're already waking up and doing these practices, whether it's breath practice, meditation practice. Um, and so let's just put it online and just share it with people. And um, so we actually created a Facebook group we very rudimentary rudimentary like payment process we just kind of did it through paypal kimberly has a pretty big audience so like we had a pretty good like people to put it out there to plus our community that we had already you know kind of started cultivating and you know our first month we had like 50 or 60 people who signed up to do this and it was like okay this is like people are down for this let's you know so we we kind of built out this whole thing um so we lead a live breathe every morning, Monday through Friday. Um, they're all like 12 to 15 minutes. The goal was to really just like, Hey, what's a, what's something that people are going to want to do. That's not going to take up a ton of time. That's just going to get them into their day, allow them to start their day in a really positive way. Um, and to cultivate a breath practice because there's not really a lot of places or at the time to, to do that. You know, there's lots of apps, but there's no, there's no like person guiding you. A lot of the apps, it's like the breathing bubble, you know, and you see like the thing grow and you follow that, but there was not this human centric um, piece of it. And so we started doing that, you know, we grew kind of our membership and really the, the other thing was like, let's just make it about the practice. We're not going to like go into the why we're doing what we're doing. Let's just like, get out of your head and just breathe, you know, like, don't worry about it. It's all good. You're just doing the practice. Like that's it. And so from that, people were like, well, we want to know the why. So we created a breathwork intensive. It was a four or it is a four Saturday or four day, um, you know, weekend. It was every four Saturdays in a row. And we would go into the why, you know, we'd get into the science. Um, and really the goal for that was to, understand your personal system. So like your own personal assessment of your breathing and how these different patterns affect you. And so from that, a lot of those people were like, well, we want to teach this, you know, some of them have other, you know, practices or like businesses that they do that they were like, breathwork fits into what I'm doing. I want to teach this. So we created our teacher training um, and we have our first one. It's going right now. It started in January. And so really kind of like all these things have just been out of demand from our community, um, you know, and just kind of like following that path of like, Hey, what's, what do people want? And, and what is the next step here? You know? And so it's funny, we actually just launched um, a meditation program. Um, Luke is a Zen practitioner. He's, you know, very, that's like his kind of main jam these days is, is meditation practice. And like I said before, like breathing is such a great gateway into meditation that that was another people thing. People were like, oh my gosh, like my meditation practice is so much better now. Or, you know, can you guys start offering some meditation? So it's just, we've just kind of like brought these things that people are asking about. And then, you know, from 
our membership, uh, you know, everyone's getting these daily breathes, but then we were like, okay, well, let's bring in some other experts in the breathing community. And then even like some periphery type things such as yourself um, that kind of complement the breath and let's bring them in and create workshops. So all our members get workshops for free as part of their, you know, their monthly um, thing. And then, you know, we do, uh, people can drop in um, from the outside to do our workshops. So we're just kind of like trying to create this like holistic experience of you have live daily breathes, you know, you don't have to do them live. Uh, obviously we encourage that, but everyone's at a different time zone and we've got people all across the globe now. Um, and then we can give these, bring these other people in, then we can give the deeper experience for those people who want it. And then now we can kind of expand our community through teachers. Um, so it's been kind of a very organic thing. Uh, that's kind of the nature of a lot of things in my life is just kind of like feel it. And like, this feels really good and just kind of keep going down that path. And then when things come up, like just kind of keep building, you know, um, and I can already see it though, at some point here, like, especially on the other end of like COVID when people are out and about more and chatting and stuff, there's going to be people who are like, oh, I'm a, I'm an hour breath collective teacher. I'm an hour breath collective, like a uh, coach or instructor the same way people yeah. are like, uh, oh, I'm a Wim Hof instructor. Totally. Yeah. So it's cool. Um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, I think we got very fortunate of, we started in September of 2019. And so we kind of had this little jump start on this whole online experience. And then obviously now everything is online. And um, so it was just interesting to see that timing and how everything has kind of played out since, you know, COVID and, and all this education happening online. But um, yeah, just trying to, you know, use the, use the tools, uh, and the technology to help people. And, you know, we have done some in-person stuff, which is cool. Um, and hopefully that'll just kind of continue, you know, with retreats and, um, we do local breathing sessions here. We'll just like go to the beach and kind of, everyone can kind of get their space and, and, you know, do some breath work and just kind of trying to build the community, uh, locally. And then, globally through through obc i was gonna ask that i i i mean i assume but it, it the way it was going it sounds like you know as covid starts to change come the end of the year that maybe you guys would be doing a lot of like in-person events yeah it's definitely the goal our hope is to do one um this summer later in the summer but it will just have to kind of wait and see um you know everyone's at a little bit different place with it too so i think that there are people who who would be down um you know and, and there's obviously protocols and safety measures that we can we can use to to do it um so yeah we're kind of exploring that right now it's still tough because you know so many places are still closed but um i'm hopeful i think i think there'll yeah. be some opportunities i think that like by middle end of summer definitely like fall like i think these types of things will will be i mean that's just, this is my guess i'm i have no involvement in any of it but that's just yeah. like what i'm looking at totally totally yeah well i i uh i don't know we're 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 kind of like flying loose so there's always a chance that we'll end up in san diego and 
I don't cool. know. I'm stoked on what you're doing over there. So now I'm like, oh, I got to show up for what is it called? The, the the ice church? Ice church. Yeah. 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 And if it happens, we should do like some ice church and then like do a little bit of like a, a movement jam alongside it. That would be amazing. That would be so cool. I think everyone would be stoked on that. Um, yeah, I still I teach a weekly class too. Uh, I used to, I, I was at a at a yoga studio and the studio closed for you know all this time and I just moved it into the park mm-hmm. and it's been gone. I mean I got a pretty solid crew that comes, um, so I'm still forging ahead with what I can do in person. You know, there's something about breathing in the group. You know, this like idea of like the social nervous system and how we all kind of can come together through the breath and it just like exponentially uh, expands the experience when you breathe with other people. So it's been cool to, to keep that going. And, and, you know, the community that comes to that is like, there's this cool little bond with people. So it's special. I love it. Well, I'll see if I can, uh, at the very least before we make our trip there, whenever that is, send uh, my family members who are in the San Diego area to uh, potentially jump in. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And um, and give a plug to your workshop that you're doing on Our Breath Collective on March 7th, I believe. I think it's March 7th. It's a Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, yeah. So that'll be cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and bringing something different into the community too. Um, you know, there's all the, all these things that are so interconnected and not just, you know, focusing on the breath all the time. It'll be, it'll be really cool. And, and I think, well, I already know our community is excited about it. So. Man, I'm, I'm, I feel honored to uh, get to be a part of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's March 7th. Um, if people want to connect with you, I know it's ourbreathcollective.com. Yep. And the yep. Instagram and then what's the Instagram? Instagram is the same, our breath collective. Um, my personal Instagram is just my name, R-E-I-S-P-A-L-U-S-O. If anyone wants to um, try out OBC, you can use my name, just R-E-I-S at checkout for $10 off your first month. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'd be a great time to start because then they would get to do your workshop in March. <laughs> That's right. Oh man, perfect timing. Yeah. Um, well, man, I'm I'm excited that we got to connect. I, uh, I think we should do it again sometime. It doesn't have to be recorded. We can always just hop on a call when, uh, when your kids are, you know, in bed or something when you got some yeah. free time. Cool. No, um, I would love, to love, love chatting about this stuff and you know, it's, it's all, it's all good. Yeah, man. Well, all right. I will, uh, at the very least be seeing you, uh, in, in just under a month. Awesome. Great. Right, man. Thank cool. you. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Bye. Bye.